Welcome everybody into a new episode of LAFC 360. A quick turnaround from last night's game, and especially for those of you who are still, you know, rocking at the sunset deck. Like now. It's, it gets a little rowdy. But it's all good. We are here, and here is the group joining us for another episode. Max Bredos, yeah. welcome. Thank you. So when you think of Owen Wilson, you think of Night at the Museum. That's the only thing I've ever seen him in. Oh, wow. Check out Bottle Rocket. You'll like it. Bottle what now? Bottle Rocket. No? JR, welcome like for your first episode of LAC360. Thank you, my man. Thank you guys for having me. It's going to yeah. be a lot of fun. Yeah, out at 8 a.m. at the Fan Fest, setting things up. Right I'll back. say this, that's what you think. Right. You're for a lot of trouble. And, of course, the lovely Vince LaRosa. It's awesome to be here. I, I'm stoked we're seeing a lot of familiar faces in the chat. But I would say this, please tell a friend. Let's get more people. Let's get more people in the chat. I love all you guys, but more people in the yeah. chat makes us better. So before we get into it, don't forget to click on that subscribe button, like the video, and click that little bell. Right? You know we're here every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific, but just in case, to get reminded. So, Vince, what is up first today? Well, like we do every week, it's time to check out the big storylines that are floating around social media, revolving around, around the black and gold. Let's talk about what's trending, boys. Hashtag. Uh, what's hashtag trending? What's hashtag trending? Do I have to say the hashtag? You always have to say it. I think you do. I think you, you have do. to say it. Okay. I'm learning. I'm learning here, guys. I just learned what a hashtag was, like, last week. Not true. <laughs> As you know, Mamadou scored in the third minute of stoppage time to rescue a point for LAFC after the match. He had some interesting words to describe that moment. Let's check it out. I've been improving a lot, trying to help my team the way they helped me. And it was always great to score, but it was like the work of the team. Everybody got involved. It was just like they were just cooking and serving me a plate. It's like, I gotta eat my dinner. I gotta eat my dinner? What does that rank yeah. on like all-time LAFC quotes? That's pretty. It's epic. high up there. Love it. It's a good one. I, you guys are gonna hate this, but I feel like it's like somewhat Zlatan-esque to say something like that. <laughs> I, I don't know, like a Gen Z Zlatan. I don't know. Maybe that's Gen what happened. Gen Z Zlatan. That's a good target. If Mamadou is our Zlatan, that's phenomenal. Yes. I mean, sure. He's given us a lot of great moments in just the limited time that he's had here. The sombrero goal. This this huge goal. I mean, he. He does something a little bit different. He brings the energy, kind of like a Zlatan did, but not in the villain way that, uh, that Zlatan did. I would like him to be a villain to the opposing team. He, well, he's, he's gotten under the skin of a couple teams. And someone here he on the Diego comments Rubio. here who said, who is he yelling at the end of the game? I can't tell you that, Dark Framez, but there he is engaging it. That's good. That's bad. But I, I, I don't mind seeing that fire. There was, a, there was a, I think Sebastian Viega came on there, and he kind of, I think he's controlling him a bit. But you want to see those emotions to a degree. But he's certainly got that. Yeah. He's an uncompromising individual, which is good. Well, if we're going to talk about hashtag what's he's only trending. 19. He's only 19. Yeah, he's only 18. Yeah. If we're going to talk about hashtag what's trending and what's going around the internet, some people shooting up, even LAFC fans saying, don't celebrate a 93rd-minute goal with 10. Oh, that, was that really said? Yeah, what, that was what, what really said by multiple people. Come so what, what, do you guys, what do you guys think? Do you celebrate that goal? What? 19 years old scoring a goal in stoppage time to equalize <laughs> against a team that had been pushing Bless you around you. for I most was, of the that's match. That's how you know it's live. Bless Connor, I was, actually sneezing. I was sneezing earlier. Now he's sneezing, so we might have something. We're all good. You know, it's all good and clear. Adorable sneeze. No, but you, it wasn't adorable. You sneeze. always celebrate that. Sure. That needs to be the consensus. I will. That could end up being one of the more important goals for LAFC because I think in 2021, and I tweeted this last night, this was the kind of game where LAFC don't pull level late or they pull level and allow a game winner, Maxime Crapo, made a really crafty little save later on in stoppage time to preserve the point. Was, That's a really important result here. Keeps you unbeaten. 
keep some momentum because of that. Without that goal, we're having a much different conversation here, right? It will, so that is worthy of celebrating. Plus, you're in the North End. You gotta, mm -hmm. you gotta soak it all in. How many times you have that opportunity? Hopefully, a few more for Mamadou. A tie that feels a little bit like a win, or did I go too far? Yeah, no, definitely. I, Close. With all the physicality, all the lead up to it, and all the frustration, and we created, we'll talk about this in a minute, chance after chance, and not being able to put those away, there was there was a lot of emotionality in that goal. Absolutely. All right, but first let's talk about physicality. Some of the Carlos, fans are agreeing, by the way. Look, Carlos saying getting good. the draw was hard work. And, Hell these, yeah, and these points do matter at the end of the season. If we're able to convert what seems to have been a loss to a one point, that makes all the difference. <laughs> it would have made the difference last year. Yeah, I mean, hopefully we're not in that fight for that final no, but spot. No, but, but, but every every point matters. Okay, well, let's talk about something not so fun. Carlos Vela subbed out at halftime. We wondered, was it tactical? We've now found out it's a little bit of an injury. Franco Escobar actually came into the match trying to push through it, trying to start, felt couldn't quite make it. He had to come out. So are we, are we concerned about these early injury woes? Once again, 2021 is back. You hit the nail square on the head. I had flashbacks of 2021. Remember how injuries derailed our season last year. We were never really able to get back on track, whether it was Eddie Segura, Carlos Vela, a lot of these smaller injuries that our team had to, had to overcome throughout the entire season last year. And here we are two games in. I think Franco Escobar, Carlos Vela, two of our, our most important players on the pitch, already seeing injuries. It's, it's concerning, but we still have plenty of time to go. And... Steve Trunlo asked it, and he certainly downplayed it precautionary in the case of Carlos Vela and, for that matter, Franco Escobar. But to your point, whether they're big or small, you just you hope that they don't happen at all, but certainly at the beginning of the season, you want to get discouraged as well. So we'll find out. We'll get some more information here. And uh, because of the track history of Carlos Vela in the last two years, that's what heightens this situation here, but hopefully for some good news. But it is soccer, though. It Stuff Football, happens. Mate. Football, mate. It happens. It happens. Injuries happen. Franco, his calf, maybe he's out for a couple games. And let, let's say these two injuries happen to be long-term and out for the season. And then we talk about the, does Carlos Vela get resigned? That whole thing. But to be a fan of this sport, you have to know that, okay, let's say we get rid of all these players and have a completely different 11. They're just, it can happen just as easily to them. And that's, that's why you have to focus on having a deep squad and having players that, you know what, can can go the, and, the, the long run of the season. And they do have a deep squad. And this is right. what we talked about it. And we're like, how are these guys going to get minutes? Ryan Hollingshead came in. Mahala, active. I thought the subs did well. But you don't want to deal with injuries. But LAFC have put themselves in a position where they can. And it, and it wasn't bad. Mm -hmm. Was it the best? No. But it wasn't like last season when, hey, we had these injuries and we did not. We didn't have the cover. And, and to go back to what you were saying, Mahala and Latif both had major impacts on, on the game. And, and I like what I see in Mahala in that role off the bench, right? If you can get 20, 30 minutes from him in that super sub kind of role off the bench, I think it'd be great. Well, we're going to move on, but I'll just leave this here. Carlos Vela's contract ends at the end of June. He's now injured again. A lot to think about. Yeah, but, you but, know we what don't know, but we don't know the depth of the injury. We you don't. know what else we have to think about? Another DP slot open. Okay, so Carlos Vela gets injured. Maybe we re-sign him and then get another DP, and then we're good. I don't think anything that's happened here changes what the trajectory is for this contract extension here for a Carlos Vela. So uh, it's a wait and see, and we can't speculate about it, but it, it's certainly food for thought. It's something that I'm sure the powers that be at LAFC are certainly thinking about. Well, I'll tell you what, uh,
Carlos Vela's contract is above all of our pay grades. So let's not worry about that anymore. Ah, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's worry about this. LAFC had 25 shots, only six on target. Steve Tronolo, after the match, he said his biggest talking point to his team was one thing. Guys, we did not create enough clear-cut chances. So from injuries to clear-cut chances, which what was the biggest worry? You know, I'm going to say that we played into Portland's hands. Portland played the type of match that they wanted to. So but we knew that. They're, but they're going to they're gonna block a lot of balls out in front. They're going to cut off some plays. I think that it wasn't a matter of uh, having chances that we didn't finish. It's not like last year where that was ad nauseum. That was all we talked about. I just think that's Portland's style of play. They goaded us into playing the way that they did. So the fact that we were able to finish that chance in the last in stoppage time there, all the more reason why I'm not worried about 25 shots but only six on target. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull out dark frames here because it was something that Max and I kind of talked about. The biggest concern for us was it seemed like there was a lack of ideas. And when you think Brian Rodriguez, Chicho Arango, Carlos Vela, and then obviously Mahala comes in, there should be no lack of ideas with that three. So is that concerning? No, no, but again, it's the second game of the season. I think we were all on a high from Carlos Vela's hat trick against Colorado. This team still needs to gel together a little bit. It's been a short preseason, a lot of new elements to the team. And look, they're still getting familiar with each other. And this screamed a second match of the season. Like yeah. I said, I think our expectations got set way too high after the first game of the season. And Look, Portland, Portland played their game. They played with, like, nine defenders in the back all game. It's going to be hard to break that down. And, it, look, am I am I frustrated? Yes, but am I disappointed? Not really. So yeah, early, they, early struggles for, for Steve or no, something we should worry about? I don't know. Portland hasn't been a great matchup for LAFC this last two seasons. But it's always competitive, and LAFC was – they got a point out of these last four games. But it certainly could have had a lot more. I spoke to Gio Savarese right before the game. Why? He's a great guy. They had a, a warm great, embrace. Had a warm embrace. It was like yeah, I've known him for a long time. He goes, I yes. love playing here. This team gets up for it. So they really, I mean, they really kind of connected into what this is all about. But uh, it, it, you've got to find a way to break this down if you're LAFC because this is a team you're going to see again. You had success with them back in 2018, 2019, to a lesser degree, the, the two pandemic years as well, or certainly in 2020. Now you got to find a way to break this down because they're going to keep playing this way when you see them. And other teams are going to look at that and say, okay, this is maybe a way to slow down this black and gold. Well, that, that desperation leads us to kind of our bigger point. And I'm going to give a shout-out to Philly, who's in the chat, who reminded me that we have not beaten Portland since 2020 right? <laughs> after we pretty much dominated them. This kind of happened with Seattle as well, where we dom dominated them up front, and now they've yep. turned the tides in, in the most important games. So ultimately, when we're talking about a clash of styles, is, is Portland our boogeyman? I don't think we have a boogeyman. I don't know. Uh -huh. Boogeyman does I, not exist. Mm. It could have been. What about Santa? <laughs> <laughs> They're definitely no, not our back, Santa. They're not giving us yeah. any gifts. No, but I think more, more than anything, Portland's that measuring stick that you want to see how you play against a team like Portland. It, it'd be different. Look, it's, it's not Austin FC beating up on Miami and Cincinnati, right? This is LAFC playing a quality opponent, whether it's beginning of the season, middle of the season, end of the season. You know what you're going to get with those Giovanni Savarese coach teams. And I think Portland is a great measuring stick. It's just been frustrating over the last two years that we have not been able to measure up against Portland. First win or first uh, not winning since 2020. And look, the regular season is the regular season. My only concern coming out of this was look like playoff MLS playoff football, right? So going into the long run, if LAFC makes it in the long long run to the playoffs, will we be able to break down Portland when it matters mm -hmm. in the playoffs in the MLS Cup yes. away from home? I'm just saying these are all scenarios in my mind that you know. 
Would I be comfortable right now? No, but maybe at the end of the season we'll be better. It's fine margins with Portland. I mean, these this stretch of four games where LAC hasn't beat them. I mean, it's razor thin. So you've the chances were there, and I know that's a, a theme from last season. You touched uh, touched on JR, but it's you want to get opportunities for these chances. You have to think, and I know I said this last year that those chances will come through. I think LAFC know what to expect. They're not getting. Portland got a very fortunate goal as well. They score some some special bangers here up against uh, LAFC the last two seasons when I think of the Mora goal from last season. They're there. They're there. You just got to find a way to finally break that defense. All right, let's keep this topic going, but let's bring in an expert. Let's dive in even deeper to yesterday's match. To do that, we have a very special guest joining us for the first time this season. Let's welcome in the man who called this match for FS1, Keith Costigan. Keith, welcome in to the show. Whoa. Thank you. Guys. Great studio. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Excited, uh, excited. Well, I was listening to the conversation before, so uh, excited to uh, excited to hopefully add to it a little bit. Were you bit. rolling your eyes listening to our conversation? I, I did. <laughs> I, I, I rolled my eyes at a couple of your comments, I have to admit. Um, I, I would say this, guys. I mean, you guys were talking about is it the bogey team for, for LAFC. I think Portland, they're a bogey team for, for any team that wants to dominate the ball and go forward and, and leaves themselves open to transition. I think without the red card, Portland win the game. I think they go and get a second goal. They looked really dangerous. The red card meant they didn't offer anything again on the counter. Um, I, I think all in all, a good point for LAFC, a good learning curve. But if you're comparing to last year, I thought LAFC, the, the issues were in transition moments when they played. And I still saw those transition moments. I have to say, though, it's, it's only two games in. It's, it's going to take a while for Steve Chirondolo to work on that. But I still saw those same issues against the Portland side who are tactically maybe not the, the, the most pleasing on the eye because they sit back, but very effective in what they do. Let, let's stay on defensive transition because Steve, after the match, he mentioned that his biggest takeaway was actually the offensive side and the kind of lack of ideas. But he did come back to it and say, you know, I don't think our offensive marking was great. Let's throw out the, the red card um, because that changes the whole complexion of the game. But what was, what was the problem you were seeing from LAFC's ability to defend in transition? Well, I, I think a couple of things. I think it's easy to say, um, you know, create a tempo, be quicker in possession. But when a team sits so deep, I think Tuoloma and McGraw, the two center backs were so deep. The fullbacks were so connected. Um, it was really difficult. And I, I thought early on, I think LAFC were, were very cognitive of the fact that they didn't want to be caught in transition. So Rodriguez going inside, Vela going inside, it was going into numbers. Then you need the fullbacks to offer the width. But they were kind of saying, well, if we go, we're getting caught in transition by Espria, by Jimmy Chara. So there was that balance. And, and I thought, look, they're very early under a new coach in a new reign, a new system or a new setup. So you're, you're going to have those growing pains. But I think that was the issue that you almost still have to gamble. You have to send your fullback forward and you have to have a better shape to, to win the ball back quickly if it doesn't work out. And those were the areas that would be uh, of concern for me. I thought as well, Vela, uh, he played the first 15 minutes on that right-hand side. We see Salah in, in the Premier League when he, he stares out wide. Even if he's not getting the ball, he stares out wide. But 15 minutes in, Vela decided, I'm going to go central. That kind of forced Sifuentes to go out wide and, and cover defensively. So now all of a sudden your midfield is is not as together as it possibly should be and there's gaps appearing so I, I think i like the idea of a front three that has the the freedom to go where they want but you still have to have a defensive reference point and i would say at times in the first half i didn't really see that from lafc so keith do you think that it was more of portland being able to counteract lafc to 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 get a result or do you think it was lafc not being able to create enough chances 
themselves. Yeah, I, I think, look, I, I work with the Sounders too, and the Sounders have had the same issues with Portland. So I think Portland are really good at what they do. Um, you know, Vela in open space. I think the Colorado game was the perfect opening game. Colorado will try play. Portland won't. They'll sit back. And I, I think their game plan was really, really good. Okay. And it's, it's easy for me to, to sit up here and say, well, here's what you need to do in this situation. It is really difficult to play against teams who are good in transition moments and sit deep and deny that space. And look, Rodriguez, Vela, uh, you know, Chicho are going to get goals this season. They're going to have those opportunities. The key for me is getting that opening goal against the Portland, making them come out and, you know, be a little bit more proactive. Then the game becomes the game that you want to see. Um, if I had to say, I would say it was it was Portland getting their game plan right again. And it was, it's been, you know, four times in a row now where they've got their game plan right against LAFC. And it's up to LAFC to react and, so far, so far they haven't. I know it's a late leveler, but again, I go back to the red card. I really think that was the, the game changer. Keith, let me ask you, physicality-wise, the, the fact that LAFC brought in so many veterans, Kellen Acosta, Ilya Sanchez, Ryan Hollingshead, and now with Chicho Arango playing up top instead of a 21-year-old Diego Rossi, do you think that we responded better to Portland's physical play than we have maybe in seasons past? Um, no, I... I mean, I think I think you've got good balance. I think the likes of Ryan Hollingshead and, and Kellen Acosta are really, really good MLS pickups. I think when LAFC, the model uh, initially was we're going to bring in young DPs and we're going to sell them on and we're going to keep that cycle going. That can be really good on a business standpoint, but can be difficult to compete uh, in MLS over the long haul because you're losing players so many times. I think this is a team built more to, to challenge in MLS to, to, you know, go on in the playoffs as well. Um, I, I still think, you know, physically, I'm not that worried about LAFC. It was just the recognition of the transition moments. Ilya, I think, is a good player, but I don't think he's an upgrade on who he replaced. Um, and I, I think you saw the same issues with Jimmy Chara uh, and Dairon Espria, who maybe lacks the pace to, to exploit the, the spaces that he was in. But we saw them get into positions where they were going to attack and really create problems defensively for LAFC. So I, I think the jury's still out overall. And are we, are we seeing a stronger LAFC defensively? But I do think the pickups that you've made certainly add to uh, the ability to compete in MLS over the long haul. I know you mentioned the red card was key, and I, I thought that was a strategy the LAFC did well. They went at these defenders and got yellow cards. There was three in the first half. Uh, then obviously one led to a red. I think Van Rankin was kind of close as well at lucky. one point. Yeah. Very, very lucky. So that's a strategy that works. What do you think is something the next, let's just say they play a team like this again, and they will, and they'll play Portland again. What should work? What is, where is the space? Where is the best avenue to get in there and make a difference? You know, it, it's it's so tough. Portland are really good. This is why Portland are good in the playoffs as well. They always seem to hit form at the right time because they make it so difficult. But I, I would say just being, first of all, disciplined. You know, if Vela's going to be wide, stay wide. Continue to take on the fullbacks. You're right, Max. I thought, you know, Van Rankin was really lucky to stay on the field. I actually think he was more, um, uh, his challenge was more worthy of a second yellow than the one we saw from Bravo. But I think if you continue to give that width, have discipline, not get frustrated with the fact that Portland Timbers are going to sit back and deny you that space. Keep possession. You don't have to force things. You don't have to force things with your shape and then offer transition moments. I, I think overall, you look at the quality up front and that front three can compete with anybody in MLS in terms of uh, the, the goal output, the creativity in 1v1 situations. But you can't decide after 10 minutes 
oh, there's no space out wide on the right. I'm going to come inside and narrow the play again. I, I thought that kind of affected the rhythm for, for LAFC. So patience and, and again, trusting that, you know, your 1v1 ability in those wide areas, you keep doing it, you keep doing it, and you get it right once, and you get that early goal or the, the first goal, I think you're going to be in good shape. But, but again, I stress, Portland, difficult when they play like this, and they seem to enjoy it. They revel in the fact that LAFC have the big-name players, and they're saying, we're going to stop them. Their players buy into that, and, and Gio's done a really good job with that. Really great stuff, Keith. We appreciate you coming. Quick turnaround after calling uh, calling the game on the national broadcast. Come on here. We'll save you from uh, the chat. Is oh, going, they they love you in the chat, Keith. The chat is, is going into the, <laughs> the age-old, uh, is it dominance if you're parking the bus versus who has the ball? We'll save you from that. That's an existential question. I <laughs> there don't, he is. Don't think we have enough time to answer here, but guys, any Thanks to Keith. Thank you, Keith. You look great up on the LED screen. I crack on Keith all the time, but he's great at what he does, and he can do a lot of great jobs. We're very lucky to have him in this industry, in this sport. That's it. That's the only thing. I'm blushing. I'm blushing He's a good. He's one of the good dudes. He's one of the one of the best. Honestly, thank you so much, Keith. Thanks for joining us, and you'll always be our first LAFC 360. Congratulations. Yeah. Put it on your resume. That's quite an honor. Yeah. Please do put that on the resume. You never forget your first, right, Ben? Yes, true. All right, guys. Catch well, that, Keith that's all, just went away like that. Just went away <laughs> like that. That's how quick our, our team is. All right, guys. Catch Keith all season long calling MLS and Liga MX games for Fox Sports. And if you're a Seattle fan here to hate watch, which I'm looking at the chat. I don't think they're in there unless they're very quiet. But they're welcome. You already know how awesome Keith is. He handles play-by-play -play for every Sounders game. <laughs> you're lucky to have him. But but should, should we move on or any any last words well, on that? Uh, how about the, the chat's blowing let's get up in there. right now. Okay, well, let's, let, okay let, maybe we should answer that age-old question. Yeah, a lot I, of people are saying that Keith is wrong because LFC dominated that game. Now, they did dominate the ball. Did they dominate the game? Now, this is this is a football question we're not going to find the right answer to. Right, but I, I'm with you, though. I don't think we dominated the game because I've, I've said it over again. You said it last night on the postgame. We played into Portland's hands. Even though they went down a man, they didn't change their tactic. They didn't change their shape. In fact, they probably got more condensed in the back, like a lot of the people in the chat are saying right now. They had nine defenders back the entire time. Every now and then, you would have Espria kind of leak out and try something on the front end but I mean they they did they are who we thought they were right to the old Dennis Green quote so that so, is your favorite quote I love so that quote. if that is Portland's <laughs> game plan going into the game and they execute it although we did score that last minute winner if they execute their game plan would that be dominance for them well that, from that their point of view this is the age-old question what I would say for for fans that are watching that are trying to figure that out is which team look more comfortable I, it was very readily apparent Portland. which team looked yeah. more comfortable. Yes. Portland was much more comfortable. Portland. Well, that's what it, this low block. And P, I know the comments here. How do you break that down? When you do see a team that does if it we very could solve well, that question, we would not yeah. be here. But I will say, I think it all stems from that first goal, right? Portland score a goal that was look very, very good. But are you going to tell me that Yimmy like Yimmy Charles was just kicking that and it happened to go in the back of the net, right? I mean, look, the the game changed, right, when Portland knew they could then hunker down even more. You're absolutely right. But, uh, again, I think the way that LAFC countered it and what really worked for us is we went at them. We picked up yellow after yellow after yellow that eventually led to the red, and that's the that's the razor's edge that Portland lives on with the way that they play, right? There's They're always one yellow card away from needing to maybe sub a man off or needing to change their tactics or shape just a little bit to account for that yellow card. And I think we caught them in that. It took us however many minutes to get that equalizer, but I think we played Portland the way we wanted to, with the exception of, and I know we'll talk about this in a little bit, 
I didn't think our set pieces were as, as good with service as I know some of you on here do. Well, they they were, in their comments here, we're talking, we see set pieces, we're seeing crosses, outside shooting as well. You know, there was the Sifu opportunity. There was the also the opportunity from Chicho that went over. There was also an opportunity Ilie. from Ilie. Yep. So that's something they give you. you got to be a little more clinical than that front. Portland gave you a lot of crossing. We had the numbers were astronomical. So over they 40. didn't get through. Uh, so you got to find a way to be more effective in those spaces. Now, the set pieces, they didn't get anything. I spoke to uh, Coach Chirundolo afterwards. He, he liked the growth from week one. I thought there was some close calls. There was a great hitter from fall in the first half. Mostly in the first half. Car yeah, yeah, Carlos didn't take it, and Kellen started taking both of them in, in the second half, by and large, and they weren't didn't have the sting in there. But Carlos Vela is an elite corner kick taker. Set pieces are better than the past couple years, but you do have to put one of those away, and it changes everything. So you... I think the comments are great. You have three categories there where LAFC, okay, we, we'll get something here. Let's yep. be a little more clinical. Look, this is a talk we could have until the end of time. So we'll, we'll get more to that later. You know what? Class of 22 is one of my favorite things on the face of this planet. My love for it is very strong. Some may say stronger than Jack in the Box. And if you know me, that is a very hot take. You like your Jack in the Box? Your I love guy. my Jack in what the Box. What about the Jack in the Box tacos? Are there? The, the tiny tacos? Yeah. Oh, Crunchy. Great. Uh, this week's episode focuses on digits. Not not three, nor 16, nor 458. We're talking fingers and toes. Check out this week's Class of 22. So, because, like, I can just hide my toes. I can hide my fingers. Extra finger. Finger. <laughs> That was a dumb question. <laughs> Probably extra toe. Mm, extra finger, yeah. I can use my finger to do anything, so I think I want to try. Like, I can just hide my toes. I can hide my fingers. Um, extra finger. An extra finger. Because I'm pretty happy with my feet so far, my toes are in a good place, so one more finger to maybe scratch here and there, or to prepare some things that, that could help. <laughs> Go figure the professional that was a good answer by Ilya. Happy with their feet. I was thinking so, of an extra figure to flip a page on the I'd books say, that I read. I'd say I'm happy with my feet. No, if you could have a, like a thumb, an opposable thumb, like a monkey on your foot, you'd take it. Yeah, you could climb really well. Yeah, that's the answer. Pick I'm, things up. I'm not a foot guy, so I'll, I'll take an extra finger. No? if I, not, not even a little bit. I'm thinking no, Princess no Bride. No, Vince, no, are, you, are, you, are you a foot <laughs> guy? That's a take that Max will get. He won't. Yeah. Remember Christopher Guest in Princess Bride? He had the extra finger. Yep. Yep. I know someone who's been looking for you. You know, that was good. That was... <laughs> Princess Bride, great movie. Six finger glove. I, I think it's a good movie. Not great. It's it's hyped. I watched it again recently. Get him like, chat. It's still <laughs> so good. And I love Andre the Giant, obviously. G great movie, but not. All-time great. Yeah. You know who Fred, Fred Savage. Wait, yeah, there Fred you go. Savage. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Former co-star of yours, Fred Savage. Of course he does. He started a show with uh, Sorry, I'm listening to Jason talk in my ear. Who's Jason? I don't know. It's, it's all up here. All right, it's time for a segment we call I See You. This is our chance to sing the praises of something or someone we noticed at LAFC's match. I said singing, so naturally we should go with uh, Carlos Cadillac. I mean, Max. Carlos Cadillac. Cadillac. Are you Sergeant. implying something? He's Argentinian. No, go ahead. 
if you want to sing your tune. that I, I was Carlos Kelly. I've I get that seen, a couple times. You guys have never seen them in the same room at the I've same time. I've never seen Max and Carlos in the same room at the same time. However, I've heard that they party on yachts together in international waters. I wish. Okay, so I see you. Wait, where, okay, I got. I saw this. Uh, we have some video with this as well. We do. Let's see the video. Maxime Crepeau endearing himself to the fans. He came out for his warm-ups, went to the North End, got a huge ovation. Uh, this was not the huge ovation. That was the second time around, but you can hear it. Then he goes to the west side of the stadium, then the, pardon me, the east side, then the west side. Doing little things, knowing a former supporter himself in his Montreal days, how that's important and the connection you make with them. And the fans are getting into it. So there is something developing here that's very important. And Maxime Crepeau is a smart guy. He knows, especially when he's on the north end in that goal, that he has those guys behind his back. So very nice touch by Maxime Crepeau. I know a lot of goalkeepers do that. Not enough and not the way that Maxime was able to do it last night. Scarfoot, you're up. Yeah, look, my ICU has to go out to Sharice and the good people over at LAFC HQ. Uh, look, it hasn't always been easy to find women's jerseys and, and other women's clothing for people of all sizes there. And I have to be perfectly honest, uh, it, it was an incredible thing to see Sharice and everybody at LAFC HQ really reach out and help some people that needed it, This, especially with the new kit coming out. It, there's something about being able to wear the team's colors, the new badge and everything on day one. And the people at LAFC HQ made that happen especially Sharice out there. So I want to give all the props in the world to our people. For the people watching, Sharice is? She, uh, she's the uh, the manager, the GM. I want to make sure I get her title she's right. Always, she's, she's the GM it down. of LAFC HQ and one of the nicest people that you will meet at Bank California Stadium. So again, Maybe the coolest thank you, employee of LAFC She's too. pretty awesome. And, and you know, she's East Coast. So we, we talk a lot of love about all, all of our different East Coast teams we like too. So. All right, I think I'm up. As you guys, this is a twofold one. As you guys will notice, we've got another pretty awesome t-shirt oh, on. That's that. thanks to Christopher Ortiz. Uh, if you like this shirt, and I know you do, uh, check out his Instagram page. He does it with his wife. They do great art, great t-shirts. It's Gil San Art on Instagram. Please check them out. But this is twofold. What I want to say is this. This is now the second shirt that I've received from somebody in the LAFC community. And what you guys are doing, you're knocking it out of the park. LAFC, with the help of the community, kind of put this template together. The black and gold, the colors, yep. the vibe. But from there, you guys have just run with it. And I love seeing all the independent art that's coming out. The t-shirts, the the prints, the art, yep. the music now coming out of there. Obviously, be, be real, kidding. Those guys, uh, it's just, it's great. It, it just warms my heart because back in my day, you were cool and you didn't have to say it. But I feel like in this modern you era, you were like an old remind, man voice. We have to, back in back in my day. But I feel like we have to remind people how cool this sport is. It's always been about fashion, music, the coolest sport. culture. It's always been the coolest sport. And I think now a lot of people in North America, the United States especially, are learning that. And you guys are a big part of that. So thank you. And thanks again, Christopher and Gil San Art. Check it out. Instagram, please. They have t-shirts for you. Yeah. Wow. Connor, you're up. Great shout out. Uh, my ICU is uh, a couple people that showed up to, to the game last night. Owen Wilson. Wow. wow. <laughs> Weston McKinney. Wow. Chavo and Darren from uh, System of a Down. Wow. And Be can Real was the there. You, you can. There was a lot of, a lot of people there. Like, check it out. Look, Owen Wilson, sombrero on after the game. Not everybody gets to wear that sombrero. Have you seen no. Wedding Crashers? Uh, no, I've only seen none of the museums. <laughs> <laughs> all of them or just the no, first? All, yeah, all of them. Oh, you, you go the full spectrum of yeah, that. Yeah, that's actually the only trilogy I've ever got watched. It, got uh, it, got it. Kids were going bonkers. I was down at the field when oh, Weston yeah. was there, and they were like, no, but he I, is 
he's a solid. You see him in person because he's he's a big midfielder, and strong. One of the faces, a, a, the faces a lot of, of people soccer. clown LAFC. You know, they're they bring celebrities. People just come to do photo ops, but you don't see this many big name personalities going to any other team in Major League Soccer, and that says something. That says something not just about how good LAFC is, but how it, you know good their brand is. Or a good brand. You were talking about the the culture behind it, the the the, the fashion, the music, everything. Uh, people like that, and people want to be connected with it, whether it is celebrities or just just normal people. And I'll say but, for Weston, I got my Bianca Nero on. Yeah, oh, very. That's a stretch. Uh, we saw people. It was so bad. Juventus needs you. We got to push for for that Champions League spot, and maybe even Serie A title. This is LAFC no. 360, right? Hey, but Weston was there. Come on. He was there. Give me this. Give me this one. <laughs> you can have that one. There you go. Give me this and one. And we, we know it was tough to see him on crutches. It certainly was. He's out yeah. for the rest of the season. We'll see him uh, hopefully uh, getting ready for the U.S. for the World Cup in, let's say, June. If they make when it. he's back for the next season, if they make it. Very true. Very okay. true. By the way, no talk about well, uh, Will Ferrell and Team Security Paul shirt. Didn't yeah. That's, uh, look he, at him. He got, on, he got on the jumbo You think let's... Paul's getting too much... Uh, I love Paul to death, but it's it's getting it's getting a lot. It's getting a lot. I, wow. Maybe that's maybe that's the next T-shirt I need to wear. Yeah, that team's I'll wear that. Paul. Yeah, it is getting a little lot, a lot. <laughs> you guys don't understand. I say this knowing that I'm going to training tomorrow, and that's the man that's going to let me in. So right. I should be careful there. Right. Oh, I mean, he's already. He, he, hopefully, he's you're already on his list, so yeah. it's fine. Uh, by the way, if you guys don't already do this, we do this thing called players to watch every game. Uh, and it's your chance to win a some pretty cool swag. Uh, a lot of it signed by the team. This this week we had a team signed hat. We had a three way tie. Ooh. So we have to do some kind of tiebreaker. We'll have okay. to come up with that with what that tiebreaker is. Uh, but yeah, we had a, we had a three way tie. If you can imagine, we'll let you know. We'll let you guys know hat. later. Today. So no one won it. Well, we can't. I mean, we can't the just hat. chop up the hat into three. Well, we can. You. We you can. technically can. We can, but I think Do that's want a draw out of a hat. Remember and when we shout did out that to my boy Philly for winning last week with a keeper. Can yeah. we just, I'm just throwing no, that out. No shout out. You want to no, shout, shout out with a keeper. Philly again. Philly, if you're uh, watching, big shout out. We what's weird it. here is this is the part where I'm normally supposed to solicit people for questions. However, to break the fourth wall, our monitor has gone out. It's gone. Okay, I texted yeah. the producer. That's what I was on there. But, yeah, I think the battery ran yeah, out. Yeah, the battery on said computer ran out. So we can't. This is live. I like it. I like it. All right, if you well, were if, somebody, there was a question in there from Gomez that I can answer that I do remember. Okay. He's asking about Bryce Duke, and Max Bredos and I have a little bit of inside info there because we talked to somebody at LAFC who still talks to him. He's carrying a little bit, he was carrying a little bit of an injury through preseason. He should be back soon, uh, but was dealing with that and trying to get back up to fitness. So it's not a tactical problem, it's not them not wanting to play him. They actually have told him that he's going to be very important to the team this year. Slight injury. So, okay. Gomez, that's your answer about Bryce Duke. And a nice so, logo. So, for those of you watching right now, feel free to ask any questions. I have I have the chat up on your, on my phone. So uh, Good. I'm glad. You're, you're a connection to the, the fans. I'm the only one who cares enough to pull up my phone. Well, wow. All right. Well, give Wait us some questions. I text right. the producer on my phone. Two, people, sh- two people hashtag Burhalter out. That's a weird one. I don't know this wrong show. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> I think we're back it's to the talking about Weston. Oh, can we answer that, Max? I looked at no you. No one's out. Just late. You are the, the soccer OG, and you have a lot of hot takes on Burhalter. He's not going anywhere right now, right? No way. Just he's <laughs> very he's very busy yeah. selecting a roster. He, 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 this is the cycle. He's going to go through it. He has these three games. If things go wrong, then that's a conversation. But it's about getting the team in the World Cup, which he will. And well, I have a question for the chat. You get rid of a manager with three matches left, 
in your qualifying cycle? One, who can you bring in? No. And two, is it going to work? Because uh, didn't we do that the last time? Yeah, it's, it's silly. Look, we've we've got so much development and growth on that team anyway. I think it might be kind of fun with Weston McKinney going down. We get to see a little bit more from a few other players, answer a few questions a little earlier than we might have. So, look, maybe it, maybe call I, up Marky Delgado. Oh right. boy. Delgado. Well, and I'm not saying. Look, I'm not saying that. Berhalter's a little further the down the I don't think. But a good player. With the way that they're playing, they're definitely not going to go far in the World Cup. But at this point. Just making the World Cup is success for the United yep. States. I'm sorry, but uh, we have to put it that just way. Just to bring it all together, and we talked about breaking down the Timbers, Greg Berhalter has to deal with that with some regularity when he's having to break down, certainly at home, some of these CONCACAF teams that know they're gonna, that's their best way to get a result. So uh, he's str he, he has to deal with that the same way Steve Cherundolo has to deal with that with LAFC. Is, uh, is 110 going to be in Miami? Ben 10 will not be in Miami. We'll be having brunch from the studio, which you can all join us. We'll talk about that later in the schedule. Yep. Uh, somebody has asked, what's going on with Kim Moon and Pancho Donella? Which one, do, where do we want to start? Ooh, they are. Kim. Let's okay. go with Kim. Sure. I, I think that we've seen how important depth is going to be, right? We've already got an injury to Franco Escobar. We're, we're going to have some backline questions at some point during the season. A lot of money, though, to pay those two guys, by the way, for them not to yeah. even see the pitch at all or even the 18 very often. Yeah, but look, you have to be roster compliant, so sure. it's not a problem. Hey, look, but, but also there is your cap. Yeah, but also there is only 11 guys you can put on the field at one time. There are, true. Brad, uh, you're awful quiet. Well, they got pretty – look, depth came into view in this game, and it's going to come in a game. That said, keep everyone happy – is going to be a challenge. Steve Trunel also said about Kim Moon-Hwan that he wasn't 100% coming through training camp, so he was getting to, mm -hmm. getting there. He has been on the benches. Uh, Pancho Janela, I think it's a numbers game. We spoke to Elias Sanchez, and, he, and he, he's very complimentary about the game that Pancho has. But Pancho, in all likelihood, would probably go for the Elias Sanchez role. So uh, I'd like to preach patience, but I know that's not always uh, the way it is in this sport. Soccer USA has asked, is it time to move on from Danny Masofsky? Which is an interesting question. I don't no. think, I don't think so. What I will uh, He's a really handy player to well, have in MLS. I'll caveat it with this. There was a recently a survey of of GMs in MLS from the Athletic, and one of the players that they said is underutilized and they can't believe it yep. is Danny Masofsky, who's at eighty five thousand dollars at his cap hit. He overperforms his salary. 100%. Definitely. And he's a straightforward kind of goal scorer, right? Like he's not going to make your long looping runs. He's not going to, you know, he's not going to do a lot of those things, but he knows what his job is. He knows what his role is. Get to the front of the net, put one in the back, and, and he's good at it. When he gets enough time, it, look, he, the moose is fun to watch. It, it's just, I, I don't know if, if he's behind Mahala now on the pecking order, so he's the fifth striker up on the front line, uh, they're going to be, the Athletic might have him it, again next year. It may have been fun to see Moose come into a game earlier on against Portland. Well, Maybe he was an element that we needed before Mahala. Yeah, well, yeah, that's exactly where I was going to go ahead. Let me ask you this. Mahala gets that start. Should Maybe Moose? Does Moose fit a little bit better if you got Moose as a focal point, Carlos? And B-Rod off him? I mean, obviously, Carlos took care of business in, against Colorado, but... Yeah, Mahala is a, a guy that we don't really have a, a, a direct corollary to as what he can do in his skill set. I know we've talked about that in the past. It seemed like a good time for him to possibly extend the lines a bit to see if you could dislodge that back four and then the midfield for Portland. So it was effective in spots. I'd like to see a lot more from Mahala, but I thought it was, I thought it was a good sub. Let's wrap up questions with this one from Nico uh, because we could go a long time on this if we want. It's about formations. I love talking about formations. Of course you do. 
Do we need to change formation to counteract teams like Portland, Seattle? Seattle less so, but a Portland, a team that is going to sit back. Is a formation change the way to do it? You know where I – do you want back me to three? say what I, what I, what why I think? Why don't you start because you're the big formation. Do not change formations. Formation is just starting points. Uh, it's all about the roles that players play and knowing the way they play. You could play a 4-3-3, you could play a 3-5-2, and they might end up actually looking the same with the ball. That's my take. But you guys might disagree. No disagreement for me. No, completely agree. And and look, <laughs> two games into the Steve Toronto era, let's let them play their formation. Let's see what we – Portland is not the litmus test for whether or not you change formations. Portland's the litmus test for a lot of other things, but not that. But again, this wasn't a disaster also. There doesn't yeah, we're, need we're, – there we're talking about a 1-1 draw. It shows you the exactly. state of where we were from 2021 a draw to 2022. Where we scored an equalizer in the last minute of the game. Okay, We should be happy with the result. Or, no, we shouldn't be happy with the result, but we should be content that this was a tough it's game. It's not time to burn and it we all got, down. It, we got a result. No. There's no reason to burn it all down. There's no reason to make big changes. I think that the team, like I said before, is gelling together. The team seems happy. The team seems like more of a family. Um, and so we'll just have to to wait and see. And, and as you and as you said, with re, with regards to the formation, it is a starting point. LAFC can adjust on the fly and do some things which they do, and they can play to their strengths with who they have on the bench. So this is a fluid situation. It's not a standard formation where it's done. It's an intricate, um, very uh, avant-garde. <laughs> I don't throw a little French in there. A move there from LAFC. That's what they do. They play attractive football, and they will. They will turn on the fly if they have to. I will add, there has been slight tweaks to the formation, too. Maybe we'll get into that in a little, yeah. a little bit later date. But there has been, if you watch the way Ilya and Kellen Acosta interpret their positions, you've noticed that it's very different than the way Bob... Ilya dropped very there. deep for a stretch there, and he was given a direct, uh, a direct instructions from the sideline. He, he came up just in front of the back four on occasion. So there were some, some things at play to try and adjust to what the Timbers were doing. You like to see that. They're not just saying, let's do this. Mm -hmm. They adjusted. It's about Let's the starting. Do what? Like I said, starting yeah. points. Stay there. Do, do this. this. Can Let's I throw poke. one small oh, point points move on from this? Yes, too? one small point uh, before we Real quick, I think it's really important too also to defend points at home. And I think that's another thing we did last night that 2020, 2021, it, it didn't feel like we defended Bank of California Stadium as much as we did by securing this point, by the way we played in our first match, and what we did in, in 18 and 19. So I felt like it, we were kind of getting back to those ways of really valuing every single point at home a little bit more than we had the last couple of seasons. And, and more so even in 2019. 2019 was, hey, let's just wreak havoc. Right. Let's, we're not defending. We're attacking other teams at the bank. This, it's more kind of uh, holistic when well, you're like – I would say – Should I use that word? Uh, it's like you're, you're, you're def you are defending points. Every point matters, and you don't give up until the final I'd say whistle. this. It was a sure heck of a lot more fun to steal a point at the end yeah. than yeah. to be you know, relegated to just taking a and point. And a lot of the time, like 2021. A right? lot of the time we're on the receiving end of that, too. That's what I'm saying. It was Still a Still with a couple favorable games coming up. So good. LFC's in a good place. No, no one's going to point out that he said defend the bank. Defending the bank? No. no. Defenders of the bank podcast. Promotional. Right. JR. I don't know what you're talking about. JR and Philly, Defenders of the Bank podcast. <laughs> Philly was in the chat room as well. Billy was in the chat room. He was upset about the Soccer OG podcast, and we have the LA Saga, and then all Soccer OG podcast. Check it out. FC pods. But yeah, the Max and Vince podcast. MVP. No? It's pretty good. Nah, not a good list. I'm on it. It's a great list. We got a great response from the Ilya Sanchez interview. He was very upfront. People came up to us straight up and said, I really enjoyed that. I got to know the team better. So we're going to have more access like that with the players. So They said they really enjoyed us, though, but we turned it back around and said it was all about Ilya. It was all about It was all about Ilya. He it was. was. Very good. He can answer a question any way he likes. Yes.
Okay. Stoppage time. Yeah. Shall okay. we get into huh. the fun part of the show? What was all the rest of the stuff? Uh, just like them. I'm having fun. Look at that. Stoppage oh, look at time. That. New graphic. Plus new new graphic. graphic. I like that. Yep. Uh, we're going to do stoppage time. Stoppage time is basically our version of last minute hot takes. Right? Max, you want to start? Yes. And I was mentioning, I was going to talk about Brian Rodriguez, who, uh, you know, there's still a lot of work in progress with um, the turnovers with breaking down defenders, maybe holding the ball on a little bit too long. But one thing you can't say about Brian Rodriguez in these two games here and also the back end of 2021, his effort is there. His conviction is there. His commitment is is all there. And we saw it as he finally broke down the uh, the Timbers right back was at Van Rankin to get there and assist on the goal there for Mamadou Falls. So Brian Rodriguez and, you know, I, you know, he's much maligned. And when you bring his name up, People are like, oh, well, he hasn't lived up to billing. That's starting to change. I think people are noticing um, how honest his effort is. And I, I, I pull for him to score. I feel like it's going to come. I'm glad he got the assist. Brerod is putting in the work. Always going 90 minutes as well. Good take. Could have been longer. Was Long that the take. right? That's no, good. perfect. Okay. My stoppage time is just going to be relax, guys. Just relax. relax. Take a chill pill. This was a fair result against an MLS Cup finalist. Okay? It's good. We don't have to ring the alarm bells. We don't have to change anything. If we lose terribly to Miami and then don't get a couple wins for a while, maybe we can reassess. But this is okay. It's not bad. It's okay. Have you seen Zoolander? No. No. Okay, but you thought about it there. <laughs> Just relax. He's like, what's the Take funny chill pill. I know. I didn't have anything. By the way, I don't like, I'm not a big Zoolander fan because, because uh, our producer asked us that, because it is a bad um, uh, portrayal of the male modeling business. Says the I was part of that. Uh, it's not these graphic? guys going, Ehh. they're actually very smart, college educated kids that are trying to do something different. So that is a, With, uh, a fictional portrayal no chance. of male modeling. You know, the, the, <laughs> the, the one uh, thing that they all have in common is pristine bone structure. Or, yeah. yes. High cheekbones. High cheekbones. Yes. Okay. All right, so I'll segue smoothly into Ilya Sanchez. To me, looking back, first two seasons in MLS, 2017-2018, every single start he made, and he started almost every match, was a 90-minute run for Ilya Sanchez. Played every minute when he was out there. It got a little dicey the last couple seasons. I think what we have seen these first two matches, and what we will continue to see for the remaining 32, is not just a player who is coming back into his own, but after six seasons, I think this will be Ilya Sanchez's best season. Woo! He's already been uh, an all-star or a best 11 player once in his career. I think we're going to see that ascend to totally different heights this year. And we're going to be talking about him almost every single match as the quality midfielder that he is. Ilya Sanchez, best pickup of the offseason. He's been great. And in, in a weird way, we say there's that whole Atuesta debate. Did we talk about Atuesta as much as we've been talking about Ilya Sanchez? Keith Costian did. I, well, he yes, of course. But he did but a one-to-one -one comparison, which we yeah, saying no. is not fair. Atuesta no. is tough a one-to-one. It's tough to say. Atuesta it is a one but, but we keep getting so pleasantly surprised with how good Ilya Sanchez is, where maybe we got just accustomed to how good Atuesta that, is. That's what it is. But we, we sure. do keep talking about Sanchez. It's true. All right, I'm up. He's been superb. I'm going to start mine by saying thank you to the crew. This framing is impeccable, but I'm about to do something that, that pisses them off. I'm going to lean forward because I like leaning forward. Okay, my uh, stoppage time is this. Jesus David Murillo is an elite defender in this league, and deal with it. I know last season a lot of you hated on him. I did. He made some, did. He deserved some of the criticism. He made some errors, but think about it this way. Was it him 
or the style that he was asked to play. We were always chasing goals. We couldn't finish. He was having to play basically 1v2 with so much space behind him. What I've been seeing this year, and especially, especially against Portland, was that space in behind is safe with Jesus Davimario. He tracked down a lot of runners, and he did not foul. This new kind of approach to defending, he's really latched onto. It's delay, get your teammates around it, crowd the ball out. And I saw a very reserved Jesus Davimario. And I think that the... The real criticism you can give him is sometimes he can be too physical. I mean, the man's six foot two. He's a big dude. He did tell us once that he could only fight, what, like two eight-year-olds? Two eight-year-olds or something. Two eight-year-olds. <laughs> we were like, he could at least take 30. Now he can take 30. He could take 30. Did you guys ask a question, how many eight-year-olds? Last did. season we did. Oh, how many that's right. I remember that. Yeah. One time? And then Corey Baird how, said, uh, like, 100. Yes, yeah. he did. But back to Jesus Dabmario. He's an elite defender. He does things that not a lot of defenders in this league can do. Look, if you put him in that Portland setup and you tell him to just clear clear out crosses, head the ball out, yep. he'd be elite there too. Yep. So the fact that he's doing this in a high leverage situation with slight changes that have made him look a little bit better, I think you got to give him his due. He deserves maybe at least a, a team of the week shout. Maybe a bench. I, I, I think you're, you're spot on. And look, he put out some fires and his speed is underrated. He got back there. I love a good slide tackle. He went to the ground on those occasions to rescue a situation here for LAFC uh, be, because of how last season went up you're, you're he, he's take, gotten rid of the mistakes knock on wood and, and so far that's been pretty well cool. there's been a couple mistakes but he's been able to he's kept make up safe. for it he's kept it safe yeah. I think he knows yeah. now he's like all right no that's out well, because of what you mentioned that new style of play right where he's he's not fouling first and then asking questions later he's coming back he's waiting for the team to to reconnect with him back there on the back line delaying like you said so. he is Perfect. no Harry Maguire Ooh. Thank God. Thank goodness. Woo. Dodge that bullet. <laughs> right, everyone. That is the show. Don't forget, uh, you can watch the show. You can watch the show and Expansion Mansion as podcasts as well. You can listen, listen to them. To listen to them. Not, uh, but Got it. You can listen to them as podcasts. Just search 110 Football on any podcast platform that you listen on. Each episode is available on the 110 channel. I'm leaning back in my seat, so everyone's... Oh. The crew is happy with me again. Okay. And speaking of the expansion mansion, the whole gang will return in just a few hours to talk everything MLS match day two. So you guys are still on the hook. So are we still, are we gonna have wardrobe changes? Yeah, of course. Yes. Okay. Okay. I got that. That is in my contract. I got a wardrobe change. We will see you at four for the expansion mansion, but we've got something new for you this year for away matches. One ten football watch parties. Join Vince and everyone else shortly before the match against Inter-Miami right here on the 110 Football YouTube channel. We'll be live with you the entire match. Not just before, not just after, for the entire match. If you are going to watch with me, mimosas. We're going to do mimosas. I like Maybe it. some really? eggs benedict. Ooh, okay. Oh, yeah. We're, we're, gonna we're be, taking all the stops because you're, you're gonna, not going to be there. You're going to need a nap. <laughs> I, I very much will. So it's going to be fun. Whether you're watching LAC 360, Expansion Mansion, whether it's the pre and post games on LAC or away games. Uh, so maybe you should subscribe so you never miss a moment. We'll click that bell. So thank you guys for watching, and we'll see you at 4 p.m. See you in a couple hours. Sounds good. Hola, soy Diego Palacios. Sigue, aguanten fútbol.